<laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover five of the most interesting data breaches from this last week. And one of our favorite bourbons, I'm Steve. Michael. Vivia. Paul. Frank. <laughs> Not now. Wait, wait. Stu. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Moving on. Uh, Divya, what do you have for us this week? <laughs> okay, guys. First story is uh, from IKEA, where IKEA's email systems were hit by ongoing cyber attacks. They were battling a cyber attack where threat actors were targeting employees in an internal phishing attack, and uh, they were using stolen reply chain emails. Then the corporate email, uh, like the corporate people decided to send everybody an email and said, if you are confused about this phishing attack, go ahead and send us an attachment so we can review it. What are your thoughts on this? I heard that they bought identity theft protection for everyone, but all the instructions were in Swedish. <laughs> and no, but it came, it came with meatballs. <laughs> they, they actually just bought the identity information and told everyone to assemble it themselves. <laughs> no, but they little said, cartoon pictures of people. And they said, everyone, send us an email with an attachment on it so our support people can click on them all. Yeah. <laughs> I, like how, I like how the problem and the solution is an email. Yeah. <laughs> With an attachment. Or a link. To that. No, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I feel like IKEA's security team is made of the people who couldn't find the exit. And the oh, I'll tell you, listen, listen. If they can either find the exit or the missing Allen wrench from every table, they will then tackle fishing. <laughs> <laughs> or the right size salad wrench. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is uh all their their response is kind of nutty. Um it's just like we all remember how people would not would not keep replying reply alls to email chains, and this seems like it's asking for that. So that was not me. That was not me, by the way. That was right, me. Me. <laughs> I'm muting. Sorry. Was there a motorcycle? <laughs> you beast. You beast. Driving through your apartment. If you, listen, listen. Did I swear? If you cut that, I will resign. <laughs> I'm telling you right now on record. If that is not the final edit, consider that my resignation. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, 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 I thought I thought that was a machine or something. Afraid just interrupts you. It's great. That was not me. I, I don't even have a bike. Why are you saying that's not you? You're getting braced. <laughs> Frank, what do you think about the IKEA bridge? Whoa. Uh, sounds sounds like a. I don't know, sounds like a compromising situation for IKEA stakeholders. <laughs> so, I can I can't. <laughs> oh yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> they really ripped that one. <laughs> but but don't underestimate the potential counterattack 
with the full power of furniture. There. Do we have any other comments? Yeah, you, you have to expect that's going to happen. Look, if, if your if your dependence on email is that bad mm -hmm. to communicate with your entire company, all you're doing is piling a bunch of wood and accelerant, and then I wouldn't be. <laughs> I'm not surprised when somebody comes by and sets it on fire. <laughs> yeah, they. It it seems like if it's a company like this, uh, I'm not an operations guy. I'm not a supply chain guy. But one of the options has to be shut it down, clean everything, and then restart. I and find it seems it, like I find it interesting that they would have that kind of reliance on email, and then be surprised that somebody can take advantage of that reliance on email yeah. for, for yeah. intercompany communication. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Having having people in this um, in this solution here to maybe help. Who, who they think are helping the problem, but really making the problem worse is bad. Um, they, sh you know, well, one of the options should be to shut stuff down. I have a bold idea. Perhaps email should not be the uh, reliable way of communicating with the security team. Perhaps you should have some sort of secure communication service put in place to notify employees of an event and make sure that they are appropriately aware. Yeah, plus ticketing. Like the reply all button is not a solution to anything. Yeah. Right. Email is not good for sensitive security events and email is not good for keeping track of who's actually read and understands those events. I have a question on this. So, so it was discovered that the attack used to spread um, Emotet or Cubot Trojan is basically they sent links to the employees and it would open up like a phished um, Microsoft Excel document where it would ask you to enable editing, right? So yeah. when, when you have like phishing vendors and they're saying that they have a lot of like success with employees understanding what phishing is, they don't mention or give examples of this kind of phishing because this looks really real. So what would you guys say about like the awareness aspect of this? Well, story? I mean, we, we found time and time again that phishing is directly related to the skill of the fisher, not to the skill of the employee. And we're starting to see next generation AI based phishing that blows everything away. So no matter how good you think your phishing program is, you're about to see sophisticated AI just destroy your company. <clears throat> and the fun thing is this AI is available to nation states and to hackers. So hackers can be using OpenGL3. Shoot, is it OpenGL3? What's the new, uh, what's the new AI thing? That AI platform I said. We saw the demo at DEF CON. There's a number of them, but. That, that's general phishing, by the way. Never mind spear phishing. Like Never a, mind spear phishing. Right. So, yeah. so they're, they're running all that ML and AI stuff on top of the data that in, essentially that we have. And they're just weaponizing every little bit of it, right? I mean, that's what they're doing with those programs. Yeah, they, they can modify the phishing email, not only based on 
the uh, threat intelligence that exists, but also based on the expected personality of the recipient. So wow. they could say, Paul, we think you are this personality and therefore you're gonna respond most uh, agreeably with like a strong Russian aggressive manager who tells you to do something. And so uh, that's the type of phishing email we'll send to you, right? They'll send yep. phishing emails in the way that people most likely respond to them. Yep. Yeah. If, if, if you're leading to this as, uh, as they're using AI and ML to uh, uh, to, to send it out as some sort of like scary thing, I'm, I'm here to tell you that there's like AI, AI and ML are really easy and people can run them really cheap right on a bunch of raspberry pies, right on their fireplace mantle. It's not. We will not show you. <clears throat> like, but the point is, right. going back to Divya, going back to Divya's point is that the there are vendors out there that are saying, "Hey, you you got your uh, you know you got your click rate down like under three percent, right?" But the messaging is based on congratulations, you just won a free gift card, and it's it, right. It's not synced to um, personality indicators. It's not synced to data, and it's definitely not uh, a direct spearfish. And so there's there's no comparison between what's actually being used and weaponized and what's being used for training. Exactly, that's right. Okay guys, uh, so let's move on to story number two. Um, story number two is from Panasonic and they recently confirmed that they had a data breach after ha hackers accessed their internal network I would like to point out that the breach began on June 22nd and ended on November 3rd. And the first uh, <clears throat> detection of this breach was on November 11th. What do you guys have? Oh, also, <clears throat> apparently the breach happened because like a third party was illegally accessed by a third, like they were illegally accessed by a third party. But then they are working with a third party to fix the breach. What do you guys have to say about this? Uh, the most shocking thing from this article was that Panasonic was still around. I'm very surprised. Like, what, what do you think, like, how, how is it possible that like an attack that happens in June, it takes them so long to detect it and then like confirm an attack? Well, you said it came through a third party, right? So they have to be notified through the third party, mm. right? That the third party had a breach. Well, this just speaks to third-party risk, and Panasonic may not have done anything wrong, but if you enable JavaScript from the outside or if you allow uh, privilege or access uh, from the outside, then it's a very easy way for hackers to break in without, you know, breaking in directly. They can go through a trusted third party. So we deal with third-party risk all the time. Um, it's not surprising. It's certainly not the first time, not the last time. Um, they didn't name the third party, but I can only assume it's yet another HVAC vendor because that's the <laughs> preferred way of getting in. Or a fish tank vendor. <laughs> yeah, this, this article is a little... This article is a little light on details. Like they don't even know if customer data has been breached at this point. Well, they don't want to uh, say. Yeah, it's a little bit scary that they 
the breach occurred so long they don't exactly know what was what was breached. <clears throat> well, and companies of the scale of Panasonic with zillions of employees and revenue and resources to spend on security to prevent this sort of thing, and they just can't do it. They, they you know, they have no idea. So the br the breach was built into their IT strategy. So I mean, <laughs> from a very cynical standpoint, it probably was yeah. right. Like that, if if we got full access to their books, I guarantee they had a slush fund called "If a Breach Happens." Right? Yeah. You just yes. you just pay ten million each year into the slush fund, and you hope it covers it. Yep. 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 Um, was having a discussion on Hacker News this past week. It's easy to. Sorry, Alexa oh. just needed to interject. God damn it. Join our call. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Shiv. Yeah, it's easy to not pay employees or not pay the security uh, security professionals and instead just uh, pay a few thousand dollars in credit monitoring for the victims. Um, that's where we are right now. It's there's little consequences for companies. Yep, we've said it before, there needs to be some sort of consumer protection and there needs to be real penalties for uh, exposing all this information. And identity theft for a year does nothing. It needs to be for life. I mean, th there should be a pool per victim and each company that just releases more information has to pay into the pool. Yeah, I I read this. This happened after a ransomware attack last year in India, something yeah. like that. Uh, <clears throat> not even the same country. Uh, so I can't help wondering if and or how these breaches are linked. Um, speaking of significance of uh, focusing on prevention, uh, you see how you can hardly untie from an incident like this. No matter, no matter how small it is, it is likely to stay with you forever. Yep. Yep. Okay, friends, are you ready for a bourbon break? Yeah, that was a depressing end. To yeah, thanks, Frank. I'm sorry, that wasn't as depressing as I can Jeez, Debbie, <laughs> why'd you make all the depressing stories? <laughs> okay, guys, so today we have the double, Heaven's Door Double Barrel Whiskey. Uh, we were told by Paul very politely <laughs> that this whiskey actually is by Bob Dylan, which is kind of cool and it makes sense because it's Heaven's Door. Um, knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door. Exactly. Bonus points. Uh, <laughs> the description of this whiskey is that it's comprised of a unique blend of three different whiskeys. Heaven store double barrel finishing process utilizes hand toasted new American oak barrels for a secondary aging worthy of another year's wait. Uh, the tasting notes are notes of caramel, oak, citrus, and spice. It is a hundred proof. And then on total wine, it says it's a Tennessee uh, unique blend of three different whiskeys. Um, pretty much the same thing from the website. My favorite part. <laughs> is the review highlights where some of the pro reviews says 
a bit spicy, but very enjoyable. So, uh, Steve, what do you have to say about this one? So, this uh, was one that was on my list because it was breaking bourbons, uh, one of the top bourbons of 2020. And uh, I think it was pretty high up on the list. It was like number five. Um, somehow I was able to purchase the bottle without knowing at all it was related to Bob Dylan, even though Bob Dylan made uh, The Heaven's Door, right? This is their, his, uh, his uh, ironworks. Uh, then on the side, there's a quote from Bob Dylan. And then if you look through the back, there's a signature by Bob <laughs> Dylan in the back. So I'm oblivious to all this. I'm like, okay, good bourbon, double oak. That sounds good. Uh, let me get that. And then Paul is like, isn't that Bob Dylan's bourbon? So, you know, I have thoughts about celebrity bourbons um, and celebrity wines. They're not always great. But then again, if you attach your name to something, you don't want it to be shit. Unless, you know, you're talking about Snoop Dogg's, um, uh, nine crimes. yeah, it Nine was, Crimes, really bad. Jesus. Um, so anyway, uh, this is what I would say is um, it smells oaky, which you would expect from a double oak, uh, mildly sweet. It's actually got a little bit of, I don't really know what to say, like dirt or... It's it's got some sort of fungusy kind of right. to it, you right? Know? It's not. It's an earthy taste. Yeah, yeah. It, it's earthy. Thank you. It's earthy. It, yes. I, I guess we don't say dirt in the culinary <laughs> world. It's it's earthy. <laughs> it's fungal, um, which is not bad. It's it's not a bad thing to have sometimes. Not all fungi is bad. So so this. I'm a fungi. All, all Bob Dylan stuff aside, I think this is a solid sipping bourbon. One thing I've noted, so uh, I've been uh, tasting this over the past few weeks. One thing I've noticed is that it actually is very pleasant straight, or maybe with like one ice cube, the more diluted it gets, the actually worse it gets. Mm -hmm. um, so... I think that this is a straightforward sipping bourbon um, that you don't want as a mixer. You're gonna you're gonna lose a lot if you mix it. You're gonna lose a lot if you turn it into a highball or dilute it in any way. Um, but I'm enjoying it. it. You know, if you like a heavy oak bourbon, that's not terribly. So it's, it's semi-sweet, it finishes very short. It's not like a coying sweetness, like this, this I would say would be almost the opposite of the, uh, uh, what was that fucking bourbon we did, the double oak uh, from- I know, I know, um, I know. The, the boot flask? No, 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 no. the double oak. You, you love- the, no, no. You, you love their bourbon. Woodford. Uh, Woodford, yeah. So this is almost the opposite of Woodford Reserve's double oak. So so this double oak is semi-sweet and a short finish, but very oaky. Woodford was like molasses, right? It was coyingly sweet. Um, and uh, as a nice 
alternative to last BNB, this is not corny. So this this is low corn and more like high uh, oak and I guess some spice. I don't really get much spice on it. Um, but overall, oh, that like, review was full of shit. The guy that said it was really spicy was like, oh yeah, I think he went, my review is full of shit. Be like, fuck you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold on your review. If it's the opposite of Woodford, I'm in. It's it's not that spicy. It's really not. Like I I don't know. First off, like I don't get much rye on it, and secondly, like I would say a reliable spicy uh, bourbon would be Wild Turkey 101. Like that's that's a spicy bourbon. Um, this this is pretty smooth. So like I I, I think this is a good buy. This is recommended. I bought this for less than 40. If you can find it for less than 40, that's a great price. It's a good bourbon. Like, you know, I, I think that uh, Breaking Bourbon did a very good job recommending this as one of the top five bourbons for 2020. Well, I am sold. I'm convinced. Yeah. Okay, folks, let's move on to story number three. This is pretty interesting because uh, it happened to a DNA facility and uh, a DNA testing firm discloses data breach affecting 2.1 million people. DNA Diagnostic Center, DDC, an Ohio-based DNA testing company has disclosed a hacking incident. It affects about 2 million people and their full names, credit card, and their CVV, debit card number, CVV, financial account number and platform account password was leaked. They also claimed that it happened for customers who were, uh, you know, older backup dating between 2004 and 2012. What do you guys have to say about this? Because I got a lot of jokes. I'm, I'm sure that had nothing to do with any nation states. I mean, it fucking sucks, right? Like, how are you going to change your DNA? Damn. Right. <laughs> And Div Divya, didn't it also have characteristics and sort of susceptibilities based on your, their DNA? Some of those characteristics in the profile? If, if you can get full access to someone's DNA, then yeah, you, you can analyze it and find all the mutations and all the susceptibilities. Right. So I well, 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 they're claiming no DNA data was stolen. They're claiming that was on a different system. So That's actually true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that I don't know how people can use it. Like, I don't actually know oh. how it could be used against me. I guess someone could synthesize it and plant it at a no. crime. But like I... the average hacker, I don't feel like the average hacker can weaponize this. Well, here's how they can. They can just sell it to the health insurance industry who won't insure you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. yeah. Is that legal though? No. No. What? Yeah. Granted, like you know, discriminating against pre-existing conditions and all that. See, I, I wouldn't go that far. You guys live in the future. Uh, I'm thinking of something like, even though the information is old. Uh, people would rarely change their passwords, and so the hacker might not get away with it at first, but uh, it's not that hard to find the same person's account on any kind of up-to-date info uh, found elsewhere on the web. 
and then just go and try the old passwords. But I'll stick with you and let's say, I, I believe everything you're saying. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's, there, we know of certain nation states that we don't necessarily have to name that are trying to build profiles for every single person who yeah. ever lived right. on the planet, allegedly. Right, and then, and and they want allegedly. things like your eye color and your internet history. Do you think that they would be interested in your genome? Yeah, that's to me. That sounds like like, like the movie Gattaca. It's too far in the future. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're if you're saying you know that that's a future problem, uh, yeah. like that's a future Franco problem. I I don't necessarily agree with you, but I think we could have a debate about the year. Well, hold on, but I think. I mean, to be fair, Franco, your DNA will probably not directly impact you in Argentina. I'm going to go with the next 20 to 50 years. Like, you've got, you know, a few more debt defaults before that's a problem. <laughs> in Argentina terms, that's six debt defaults. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I know. Okay, anyway, guys, let's move on to story number four. And uh, this is, I, I think this is my favorite story because it's just so funny, but it's sad, right? But a fraudster paid $160,000 oh, yeah. to recruit moles inside Amazon to help him hijack other sellers' accounts and products, a new report reveals. Now, these guys who he like bribed were uh, paid off by him and they were fired by Amazon as well. But the fraudster is known as Classer paid off molds inside Amazon. And what he would do is like take over some accounts, like top selling accounts, copy their product and disable those people from logging in to like make a report or tell anybody. And then he would sell his product. So very nifty, but what do you guys think about I mean, this? I, I, I have a way more lucrative. If you have insiders inside of Amazon, <laughs> uh there's way more that you can do other than like do uh, some mild fraud look kids these days don't understand that mild retail fraud is not where the big bucks are amazon spends hundreds of millions of dollars each year on security and if you've got an insider if you've got a mole you've just bypassed all of that it, right. it's it's very seven it's months. very interesting to me seven moles I, I find it interesting that like 95 percent of security spending is on infrastructure but you'll notice that this had absolutely nothing to do with infrastructure there was this was straight up it doesn't matter who you are we just need a little bit of access to your account and we can make it happen and we i mean we've seen this expand just like any other business right like they they built a technology they franchised out and now they're recruiting part-timers this is what you would expect to see on the actual technology vendor side on the on the other side of the issue. Tell, tell, tell me this. How does multi-factor authentication save you now when the people inside your company are working with the criminals? Huh? That's it. That's it. Oh, it's okay. oh, all saved because of multi-factor authentication until a user hands it to a criminal. And also they use like LinkedIn and Facebook to recruit the Amazon employees to work for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like a fake job ad and they still took it. LinkedIn so, is a gold mine of information for social engineering. 
It right. always has been. It still and, is. And the level of social engineering, it's like back to 1920. Just bribe the guy. Just grease the guy and, and have him work with you. I mean, it's the lowest of low tech. The question all. is, how much? No, I'm kidding. But, you know, I recently saw, recently saw uh, one of those ransomware gang leaders uh, who got busted or something. And oh, yeah. he, was driving, he was driving a fully blooded, fully printed Lambo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh, evil corp guy was yeah. running around with a license plate that said criminal. Criminal, yeah. In, uh, <laughs> really funny. And it, it, it looked like some looked like some uh, Fortnite skin or something like like uh, a game perk. <laughs> so uh, it wouldn't surprise me that much if they used a little of that obscene amount of money to to oil the gears a little like like paul says here's the problem ransomware games earn if you're doing well like conti a billion dollars a year if your security budget is less than that yeah then you're in for a very bad time and if you there go entirely on infrastructure and not on securing your people you're screwed you're for a very bad time like we we've talked about this ad nauseum where you must secure the person in addition to the computer and if you have in this case people that have vulnerabilities that vulnerability is wanting money then you're no more secure given all of your packet filtering routers and that's it password reset modules and password poisoning and dns poisoning like security is stupid because we spend so much time on infrastructure and all i have to do is drop a briefcase full of cash in front of an employee in a minute it's a non it's a totally barely a small envelope five grand five grand let me have your password let me have your pin yeah 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 i mean <laughs> here's the thing user behavior analytics is a thing you can analyze people you can, yep. you can interact with them you can look at all the data points you can analyze them you can categorize them for risk and then you can detect odd behavior so so let don't get me wrong this is not an unsolvable problem this is just a problem people have chosen not to solve. Exactly. They don't pay attention to it. Yeah, there, there's a billions and billions and billions of dollars in security focused entirely on infrastructure and a tiny little piece on user behavior analytics. And that's the problem. That's why hackers keep winning. That's why Conti's printing money. They're worth billions of dollars. Conti's the new Facebook or Meta or whatever. Okay, anyway, story number five, you guys. Uh, this is about Planned Parenthood. Oh. So 400,000 people in uh, Planned Parenthood were affected in a ransomware attack. And this data was stolen between October 9th and October 17th. Um, what do you guys have to say about this story? Because last in the, in, probably two uh, BNBs ago, we talked about how like hacktivism was getting popular. This looks like a form of like reverse 
Hacktivism. It's still kind of like hacktivism, but no, I don't know. It's, it's hacktivism. It's hacktivism, yeah. but like from the other side. So but was it politically motivated or financially motivated? Uh it, it just says like the patients were had their misogyny motivated. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Planned Parenthood is a healthcare provider and they have a lot of health information. So uh, women. It, it, it could go either way. It could very easily go healthcare fraud, right? And healthcare fraud is big money. Or it could go, uh, this could be the start of a doxing attack or any number. Hopefully of, not. Hopefully not. Yeah, but the this is a big deal, even though it's not a million people plus because of how sensitive the data is. That's right. Yeah. Unlike the DNA story, this actually did include health information that was allegedly leaked. So this is pretty serious here. Yeah. Well, especially where Steve's, what Steve's talking about, I would be concerned about things like addresses. No, yeah. addresses, insurance information, birthdays, and clinical information such mm -hmm. as diagnosis procedure and or prescription information. That's where... really sensitive. Oh, phone numbers, yeah. procedures, um, I mean, all of it. But medical information by itself is incredibly lucrative. Yeah. You, you, can, you can have a free procedure to take your pick. And it's very easy to do and it's hard to get caught. Uh, that sounds like an endorsement. But hold on. I find it interesting that Medi medical <laughs> fraud is Bad. incredibly lucrative and there's very few protections to protect the consumer and hackers go after it often and uh, healthcare uh, facilities are incredibly distracted by COVID. So uh, there was a somebody like the chief czar of security in the US that said now's the time to hack hospitals and hackers have very much figured out the same thing because uh, if you can, you know, while everyone's distracted by COVID, go get a free whatever, um, you're, you're, you're not gonna get caught. Like there, there's very few protections built into the US healthcare system for medical fraud and for protecting the consumer and that very much needs to change. It should be treated just the same as critical infrastructure. Yeah. Yep. Also, I, I find that the last paragraph of this story is hilarious. Uh, it says the fact that the data has so far not leaked online. Frank might know yeah. better than we do. Uh, I thought that, I found that's exactly the same thing. Please go yeah. On. Yeah. I thought this, par this paragraph was just ridiculous. It was. Uh, might be because the ransomware hackers are becoming wary of that, of that tactic after seeing the United States working to shut down others who, hackers who have done that. Oh, that is not deterring them one bit. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, I mean, literally, the FBI got hacked or like their servers were breached For, first weeks off, ago. First off, <laughs> re evil is not shut down. Yeah. They will never be shut down. Yeah. No one can stop re evil except for ransomware Batman. And they, the, what the FBI took down their disclosure site. So what? It's a dot onion site. They can have another one tomorrow. Like right. the, nothing is deterring ransomware groups. In fact, I would say this is the year of ransomware. Yeah. Was or is? Is still. Porque no los dos. 
yeah. Well said, well said then. Uh, they say, so far, no known ransomware gang has leaked the Planned Parenthood data, uh, which is a phrase I often read. But what does that mean? Uh, should I lay back, relax, and enjoy my bourbon <laughs> and, and breeches? Uh, yes. No. I mean, yes. 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 whoever whoever did that has all your personal information. <laughs> That's it. You, you should worry about it. Yes. You should lay back, relax, enjoy yeah. your bourbon and breeches, and then be terrified. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> I know. We'll see you next year. Next year. 2022. This has been a year's worth of programs. <laughs> All in one. <laughs> uh, if you liked what you saw today, like, comment, and subscribe. If you hated what you saw today, argue with those people in the comment section. And then like, comment, and subscribe so you can hate more of our things. Uh, until next year. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs>